I have a brother who doesn't pay much attention to the media, or to politics for that matter. But he's been getting a real education lately. You see, he's been watching the daily briefings given by the president about the coronavirus. He says he can't go outside much or do pretty much anything since he lives in a state where everybody is under a stay-at-home order. He's confined and he's been looking for things to do to keep himself busy. So he decided recently to start watching the briefings just to see what they're saying. You see, he's a doctor of biology, and he's interested more in the science of the coronavirus, so he likes to hear what Dr. Anthony Fauci has to say. Now, he sends me a lot of articles on the coronavirus from scientific journals, and I try to read them, but like much of what's being said and written, it's all speculation. But at least most of the scientists seem to believe that we will get through this crisis and that a vaccine will be developed maybe sooner than what people think. And the vaccine will protect us from it in the future. And that treatments will be developed for people who test positive for the coronavirus that will mitigate the symptoms and maybe even cure it. His biggest takeaway from the briefings, though, isn't the science, but the hatred. He's heard that the president has been very critical of the press, but He hasn't seen it firsthand because he just doesn't pay attention to politics. He says he always thought the president maybe complained simply because he was too thin-skinned. He thought maybe that the president was overreacting. He's changed his mind about that after watching the briefings. Maybe a lot of people are changing their minds. If my brother can't believe how biased and angry and filled with hate the media is towards the president... How many others are noticing the same thing? You have to remember that millions of people are tuning in every day to watch the briefings. And many of them are watching because they're worried about themselves and their family and their friends. And how many of them are like my brother, people who don't pay much attention to politics. And how many of them are shocked like he is that the hatred of so many of the reporters is so evident. Reporters must not only hate the president, but they must hate the briefings because it makes them a part of the Trump re-election campaign, whether they like it or not. If they ask rational questions, questions that help the public gain valuable knowledge about the virus and about any progress being made to help people, then they're helping him get re-elected. If they ask terrible questions that attempt to make him look like a president trying to kill Americans, they also help him get reelected. They can't win. One of the most frustrated reporters at the briefings is Jonathan Carl of ABC News. Carl is right up there with Jim Acosta of CNN in his open hatred of President Trump. At a recent briefing, he asked the president about an IG report about the virus that said, Hospital doctors and administrators were complaining about the slow response to the crisis. The report said there weren't enough masks and ventilators to go around and that wait times were very long. The president didn't seem to be aware of the report, and many of his advisors weren't either because none of them had even asked for an IG report. You know, there isn't just one inspector general in the government. There are hundreds and most are political appointees. This one had done a report weeks ago 
well, nearly every country in the world was struggling to respond to the crisis. And the report really didn't say anything that we didn't know already. No country in the world had enough supplies, so we were no different than anybody else. The difference is that our country responded quickly to make up for any deficiencies, probably better than most other countries. But this IG decided to write a report critical of this administration, a report telling us something we already knew. For what reason? It's a fact that as a country, we were not ready to battle the coronavirus. It was too big, and there were too many unknowns. But is now the time to play the blame game while we're still in the middle of the fight against it? Clearly, this report is nothing more than a political attack, and even Jonathan Carl had to know it. Instead of investigating it as a political attack, he framed it as a nonpartisan report endorsed by the government, making its conclusions far more serious. He knew that wasn't true, yet he still did it. And if you're pointing fingers at people who deserve blame, is it only the Trump administration that you believe should be called out? Do others deserve blame too? How about, God forbid, President Obama? Oh, he was the perfect president, as we all know, but he didn't do a thing to prepare us to fight this problem. Neither did Presidents Bush or Clinton or Bush before him. How much blame do they deserve? How much does the Congress deserve? How about state governments? Why weren't any of them prepared? But for Jonathan Carl and many other reporters, the only person to blame is President Trump. And that's why so many people believe the press has lost all credibility. A balanced reporter would conclude that there's plenty of blame to go around, not only in America, but all over the world. And they would instead focus on the response. And the response from our government has been very good. Not perfect, but very good. Instead, Carl only blames President Trump. And in the process, makes himself look petty and foolish. And I'm sure that's not what he was going for. His entire career as a so-called objective reporter has proven to be a lie. Like almost everyone else in the news department at ABC, he's an advocate for the left, and he's a Trump hater. And Carl is by no means the only reporter at these briefings who oozes hatred for the president. How many questions have there been asking if President Trump feels guilty because his response to the crisis was slow and weak, and that led to needless deaths? Or the questions very early on asking if he was racist for shutting down the borders before knowing if it was necessary. So early on, when he acted too soon, he was being authoritarian. But then, he was too weak and not tough enough. Whatever he does is not only wrong, but racist. Or, he's responsible for needlessly killing innocent Americans. Does this sound rational? Well, I guess to the left and the press, it does. One of the worst is NBC News' Peter Alexander, who at one briefing a few weeks ago did everything he could to ask gotcha questions of the president. But President Trump could see what he was trying to do, and he wouldn't play along, and rightly so. Alexander wanted the president to attack Dr. Fauci, but he wouldn't. Then he tried to make him apologize for giving Americans a false sense of hope. 
but that failed too. So he quickly changed direction and cited that people had died and they were infected, and he asked the president what he would say to all of the people who were scared, implying, of course, that they should be scared of the way the president was handling the crisis. The president answered by telling Alexander that he was a terrible reporter. Many of Alexander's comrades came to his defense, of course. PBS reporter Yamish Al-Sinder has been one of the most biased and unhinged reporters covering the pandemic. She falsely reported that the president had disbanded the pandemic response team when he was elected. Now, that simply isn't true. It was consolidated, but the mission remained largely intact. Now, that didn't stop her from asking the president why he disbanded it. She knew the question was a lie, but she still asked it because she knew that none of her friends in the mainstream media would correct her lie. Then a CBS reporter, Paula Reed, asked the president if he wanted the country to get back to normal around Easter because it would help his chances of being reelected. Can you ever see a time when someone in the media would ask that question of a Democrat? Of course not. And when the president calls them out for rooting against him and his administration, the press gets all fake outraged, pretending to be hurt by these accusations. The fake reporters at CNN, like Jake Tapper or Wolf Blitzer, pretend to be outraged and so hurt that he could make these accusations. He can make them wolfy because they're true, and everybody knows it, except maybe you and Jake. Here's a headline from a recent opinion piece in the very far left-wing website Mother Jones. Everyone hates Donald Trump, just not enough. Just not enough. Wow. That's the way they feel, just not enough. And if you watch the daily briefings, you get it loud and clear. Now, don't get me wrong. Many of the reporters are asking great questions, helpful questions. But so many others are trying to ask questions that the president can only answer by admitting guilt over the handling of the virus. When did you realize, Mr. President, that you're responsible for killing people because of your terrible response to the crisis? That's a question that reporters would really like to ask, but so far they haven't had the nerve. But you know they're dying to ask it. If they could just trick him into answering in a way that would have him admit to some guilt, they could maybe win a Pulitzer Prize and he'd be impeached and maybe sent to prison, on murder charges maybe. I could just see the headlines. Reporter makes President Trump admit to killing thousands. Details at 11. A lot of reporters probably dream about this every night. But I'm glad that my brother is watching the briefings, and even happier that now when I point out that the press hates the president, he doesn't roll his eyes and look like I'm crazy. He's seeing it for the first time himself, and he's very disillusioned because he's always believed that the press is fair. He doesn't like what he's seeing and hearing. I even convinced him to go to a website that shows liberal political cartoons and they're even more deranged in their hatred of the president. Like most people, my brother doesn't pay much attention to politics, and that's probably a good thing, or at least it was until recently. The general theme is that we've broken into tribes, and we stick with our tribes no matter what, 
That's totally false, and it trivializes what's happening today in American politics. Yes, there are tribes, but only one tribe wants to take away your freedom and punish you for having thoughts that attack their beliefs. The other side welcomes free speech and promotes freedom of thought, even when they disagree with it. One side believes in socialism, the other in capitalism. This isn't about something as silly as tribalism. It's far more important than that. My brother, and I hope millions of Americans who have been sitting on the sidelines not paying attention to what's happening, are now seeing for themselves that this is serious. They really do hate the president and what he stands for, and they hate anyone who supports him, and they'll do anything to get rid of him. The fact that they can see this play out every day in the daily briefings is a good thing. We need to see a lot more people wake up to the fact that this is happening. Come November, that awakening, hopefully, will result in an overwhelming victory for President Trump and everyone else who wants to stay free.